And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Husker Hall of Famer, and uh, part of that NCAA tournament team that was a three-seed. Bo Reed with us. Bo, you still smiling from, uh, from yesterday. What a win by the Big Red. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, really good win. That was a fun atmosphere. It's as full as I've seen Pinnacle Bank in a number of years, so that was fun. It was uh, electric. They found a way, and Bo, I know it was alumni weekend, and, and give me your thoughts here as we've kind of gone on, gone on this winding road of of this season for Fred and company. Uh, they have continued to, to scrap. They've continued to fight, and now they're they're hot at the right time. Did you did you think they had this in them? What what was your take on the team uh, as you kind of watched them and observed them here uh, go through their ups and downs? Yeah. Well. Okay. So a couple of foundational things from the get go this year were better. Um, the team was playing for the team. They weren't playing for themselves. Um, you know, even their uniforms are unified. They are all wearing white or red shoes. They're not wearing pink and blue and yellow <laughs> shoes. So it's, this team reflects more appropriately the university that they represent. They play hard. They play unselfish. Um, and they play to win. And uh, that's fun to watch. The crowd can see that. And it's easy to root for an underdog. So after Vandermel and Gary got hurt, they could have easily folded up and basically gone home. But what Fred did was create an offense around Derek Walker and his unique talent. And so they're basically running a version of the triangle offense with Derek Walker at the point of the triangle and no matter what side of the floor the ball's on, which is genius. Um, and the way that it's structured, you, he's always got an, an open side of the floor for Sam Greasel, especially if he has a mismatch. Um, Derek then is the ability to kind of create, go to the rim, um, create plays for other people. And, you know, with the way a couple of those guys are shooting the ball, they're always either positioned in that ball side corner or in the opposite wing. That if you go to sleep and forget about them and try to stop a layup, you are going to give up a three-pointer because Tominaga is red hot right now. They're fun to watch. They are, and and go back to that that tweak, that triangle, and I'm familiar with it just through all the years of watching Phil Jackson and the Bulls, right? His triangle. Yeah. And uh, I think they always went through Bill Cartwright, if memory serves, or Luke Longley. Uh, but but Derek has been so good. I know he's an elder statesman. He's been through a lot in his career. And, man, he is showing just incredible leadership and that, that ability off the bounce. I mean, he's he's a pretty big-time mismatch for a lot of, lot of dudes, as physical as Maryland is. I mean, Derek really took over. He did, and I'll tell you, two two things happened in that game that were critical to us winning. When both Derek and Sam got their third fouls, mm-hmm. um, you know, both of them came back in the game about 12 minutes left, and Maryland hit immediately when they were both out of the game, eliminated a eight-point deficit. Sam comes in, and 30 seconds later gets his fourth foul. 
So I'm thinking Sam can't come back in the game until there's four or five minutes left. And, you know, they, they jump up to an eight-point margin. And with about seven and a half minutes left, you see Fred push Sam back to the scores table, and which was absolutely what he had to do. Well, in that 30 seconds, Sam Hoiberg gets a wide-open three from the top of the key and just buries it to cut it to five. Then you get the, the seven-minute kind of there's a timeout and so then Sam gets to check in the game with seven minutes left and four fouls, never gets his fifth foul, plays unbelievably hard, and scores probably 10 of his 12 points in the last down the stretch. Really, really, uh, he and Derek played like six-year senior guys. They, they just really played intelligent basketball. And, you know, Tominaga did his thing, you know. He, he sometimes takes some shots that make you say, oh, that's what are you doing? But he made his free throws, and uh, he made a big one there in over, overtime. But whenever you combine yesterday's atmosphere with the performance by the players and, and the coaching job by Fred, do you think that was the best game of Fred Hoiberg's tenure at Nebraska thus far? I think we, we know he's probably earned himself another year at this point, but was yesterday that, that crown jewel in, in Fred Hoiberg's tenure so far? No, I think Rutgers was last week. I think that was a game no one saw coming. I didn't think we had the personnel to beat Rutgers. And uh, we just had a game plan that was unbelievable. And we executed it for probably, you know, 37 of the 40 minutes. I mean, it was unbelievable. And uh, this was a follow-up to that. You know, I mean, the the adversity that they fought through with Derek and Sam getting in foul trouble. And then also you could kind of see all the kids' body language kind of change and it got you know, the slumped shoulders, and you could see they started kind of letting doubt creep in because they were really struggling, and Maryland was going on a little bit of a run. But then when those guys came back in the game, they just they just picked them up like seniors are supposed to. And, yeah, I mean, Fred and his staff have done a great job of putting these kids in a position where um, they can be successful because, let's face it, you know, with the exception of Sam and Derek that are pretty well-rounded players, everyone else on that roster is pretty one-dimensional in terms of their skill sets. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. There's just one thing that they do that's better than everything else. And so he's, you know, maybe Tomonaga is a little bit weaker on defense. So Fred's mixed in a lot of zone in the last month and a half, which he's had to do to kind of buy some minutes where they don't, they can't isolate him with a six foot six guard and back him down and isolate him in the post. And so I just think this entire year's an expose on just how good of an X's and O's guy Fred is. And now he's just got to get a roster that'll allow him to kind of compete in this league. So I think he knows what it's going to take to win in the Big Ten now. And now I hope it shows up in the recruiting. As you look at how this team was constructed via the portal and some six-year guys, and you've got some young guys that are either waiting in the wings or have seen more minutes. Bo, Bo Reed with us. Bo, everyone seemed to chip in at an important time as they've gone on this run. And uh, looking big picture with Nebraska, do you think Nebraska, to your to your statement a minute ago, do you think they'll be able to get who they need to get in here for future classes and future teams? Can they, can they yeah. keep this rolling? I, I think what's What's happened is, and I don't know if it's intentional or, or they've stumbled upon it, but what you've got is you've got kids playing a role again. Mm-hmm. Instead of the 
five guys all thinking they're going to play in the NBA and every guy's got to get 20 and 10 and get his stats because he wants to play at the next level. We've got a bunch of kids that are playing for today, playing for the name on the front of the jersey, and there's just not a lick of selfishness. And, you know, that's a formula that can win at Nebraska for a long time because we're not going to have five NBA players on our basketball team. We never have. I don't know that we ever will. And, you know, but what we've proven is that with a couple of really good players and a, and a bench full of, you know, five or six kids that are willing to play their role and play hard and do what the coach tells them, we can play smart basketball and we can beat a lot of good basketball teams. And that's what's been so fun. And I swear that's why you've got such a great fan reaction to this because no one saw this coming based on the way we played basketball in the previous years. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of selfish play and a lot of kids that clearly didn't care about Nebraska. And that, that's probably an unfair characterization. That's what it seemed like by, by the way that they played and guys like Teddy Allen, who felt like a mercenary and didn't, you know, necessarily care about the rest of the team. You know, he scores 41 and then decides to sit out the rest of the year because, of whatever reason. So there's been some things in the past that made it kind of difficult to see this coming. And I think when the name Fred Hoiberg was announced and everyone got so excited, this is what I think people thought we were going to see is a guy that played this way. Um, and now is coaching in a way that just, it's just so fun to watch because they don't care. They're not playing for themselves. Not a single guy out there. They're, they're playing to win. And they're playing as a team and for each other. And Nebraska people will rally around that all day long. Bo Reed with his Husker Hall of Famer reaction to Nebraska, Maryland overtime, the Big Red get it done. As as a senior leader and and your team really kind of jump started that that era, that run for Nebraska to get to the tournament. Uh, and there was a lot of tournament runs after your your ninety ninety one season. Tell me a little bit about your experience being that senior voice with a, a, a different group of guys uh, yeah. that season. As far as the leadership you had well, to you, you had to use, but also to get 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 the result you had on the court because you had talented dudes, but you guys all played pretty well together. Well, wasn't always that way though. So my sophomore year, I was the leading scorer and leader in assists and. You know, we had developed an offense down in Australia that I was looking forward to my junior year. Well, I got hurt. Mm-hmm. And then as I'm sitting out, Piakowski and Chubbuck are redshirting, Farmers transferring in, and we're watching the guys. Once we started to lose games, we just watched it deteriorate into guys playing for themselves and trying to get their stats. And they really didn't care if we won or lost at that point because they figured, well, we're not going to make the postseason this year, so I'm just going to get my points. And uh, so when we all became eligible, and I was a senior coming off a knee injury, missing my whole junior season, I really had the mindset that no one was going to get any accolades or any attention from professional basketball if we didn't learn how to win some games. And so, you know, I, I personally decided I don't care if I score one point in the game. We're going to win. We're going to figure out how to win. I want the right person to get the ball. I want the open person to get the ball. And the other thing that happened is we were deep enough with talent that Coach Need didn't have to tolerate any selfish play. And so when you get 
a couple of people that are leaders of the team, like Derek Walker and Sam Grease, who play so unselfishly. It is totally contagious, and it, it permeates the locker room, and all of a sudden you've got a chemistry. And I think Fred attributes a lot of this to Bandamel even mm-hmm. being a great leader and saying we're playing to win. None of us go anywhere after college unless we figure out how to win games. And so it was devastating when he got hurt, but Derek has been – rock solid and Sam, you know, that kid's, he's, he's tenured. He's played, he's been through the wars. He's been through injuries. He's been through illness. That kid's been through it all. He's not going to get shook period. And so I think there's a lot of similarities. I think this is a foundational year and Fred's program goes from here because I think they now have an identity that he will not allow anyone to wreck. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Bo Reed with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Husker Hall of Famer. Bo, what's your gut tell you here on the on the finish? Uh, get the crystal ball out here. I know Minnesota, uh, Sparty's awfully tough uh, looming, and then you, you wrap it Iowa, but Nebraska a chance they keep this streak going. I mean, uh, yeah. they, they are they, they are climbing the mountain in the Big Ten in a, in a log jam year. Yeah, you, you feel like um, the Minnesota game's kind of a must-win. Yeah. And then you hope you can sneak one of the last two. Michigan State's going to be a tough matchup for us because at the four, they're so physical. And um, But, you know, the way we've been playing, I wouldn't put anything past. No one wants to play us right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Iowa's going to be playing for their life. I mean, I think they're kind of right in the middle on the bubble, and I think that's going to be – a tough game at Carver Hawkeye. So if we could sneak two out of the three and get to, you know, a winning record, that would be unbelievable. It might get us out of having to play the play in game, which I think we maybe are out of that right now, mm-hmm. but that's, that's the thing you want to avoid because it's hard to make a really deep run of the big 10 tournament If you got to play that playing game, it's just, especially with we're only playing seven guys or eight that that makes it really hard to go on much of a run there. But, uh, yeah, gosh, you, you, you win the Minnesota game, you take care of business, and then anything can happen after that the way these kids are playing. And, uh, you know, even if, even if they don't, you know, I just think that the atmosphere in that arena just shows that the fans really are enjoying the product that's on the floor. And, gosh, it just didn't seem like that was going to happen this year, especially with Derek kind of not being on the team the first four or five games. So it's just – the surprise of it all and the joy of seeing this all kind of come together with a bunch of unselfish underdog kids playing as one unit and winning against nationally ranked teams. I mean, it's it's kind of cool. It, it's really cool. Bo Reed with us. Bo, enjoy your week. We'll catch up with you down the road and uh, see you back at PBA. Thanks for a few minutes today. Sure. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun.